Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm so glad to be here with you today. Hey, our episode today is brought to you by one of my new favorite sponsors, Prep Dish. I can't wait to tell you more about them in just a bit. Our music in the background is from my good friend, Dave Barnes. His most recent album, Who Knew It Was So Hard to Be Myself, has just released, and I hope you have grabbed a copy of that. So a lot of my friends started reading 100 Days to Brave on January 1st, and if that is true and you have stuck with it, then you most likely have just finished on April 10th. You just finished in the middle of this week. So first of all, I want to say congratulations to you, but then I also just want to make sure you know that we have some little fun things for you, um, some prizes. So if you go to AnnieFDowns.com backslash 100 days, that is the number 100, 100 days, we have a little something for you. So I want to make sure you knew about that. Today on the show is really everyone's favorite person, not just one of mine, but everyone's favorite person, Bob Goff. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's just an all-around exciting, fun, wonderful dude. And I am so grateful to call him my friend. And I was dying to have him on the show. His new book releases this week. It's called Everybody Always. And I hope you will grab a copy if you haven't already. So here is my conversation with my good friend, your good friend, everybody's good friend, Bob Goff. Today? Today? (laughs) I mean, isn't that how kids work? Yeah. Today? So you said you were going to do something. You meant today, right? Yeah, like in the next 10 minutes. Is that what we should, is that how we should be living? Yeah, no doubt. I think so. The childlike faith. Yeah. Yeah. I think you um, are great at that as a friend of going like, yeah, I'll do, I'll do that. And I'll really do that. Yes. I uh, have done, uh, had some discussions with friends about how you organize your thoughts and Mm -hmm. how do you. Uh, you know, what's your strategy? And I'm just not sure I have a big strategy other than to love people uh, and to do it uh, from a position of availability. Yeah. Okay. We've got, to we've got to dig into this because I had a conversation with my friend, John Chris. Do you know John? Yeah. yeah. He's wonderful. And we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago talking about what would people do if we actually loved everyone that was in our lives? Yeah. And uh, loving uh people that are easy to love, uh, th- that isn't where we grow because you're low-hanging fruit. I mean, you're easy to love. I've met anybody who doesn't. But uh, how do you love the people that are actually difficult to mm-hmm. love? If you want to know kind of a report card on your faith, it's how you love those people and how do you engage them, even if they're wrong-minded, even if they're flat wrong. And I'm a lawyer. I win arguments for a living. Right. But I'm not trying to be Jesus's lawyer. I right. think that's th- something that's changed in me. Do you know what I think is really interesting? I, for our friends who are listening, we didn't get to talk very much before we started. A lot of times I, when it's, I get to like have like a 10-minute conversation, but I wanted to jump in with you. But recently I saw you talking to someone online that has really hurt me. And I thought, doesn't Bob know? Like, does it? And I thought, he actually does know, because you do know. And I was like, he actually does know. And this is actually what loving someone looks like. Oh, bingo. Yeah, because yeah, he knows say... exactly what, he knows everything I know. And he is choosing to love anyway. Yeah, so what if we're the people that aren't uh, like kind of known for our opinions, but instead Mm. remembered for our love? And then you can do this and we can skip the whole eulogy part. (laughs) We can just get right down to like kind of living it right now with not, again, the people that are the easiest ones to love, but sometimes the most difficult ones. And that takes swallowing your pride. There's a great verse, and I, I don't think you need a verse for everything you do in your life. 
uh, but it's Paul talking to younger Timothy, and he's saying, like, you know, he just picks me because I am just have messed up so much to put on display his immense patience. Mm. And so I just keep thinking about that. I'm trying to be more patient, and I'm not a guy who's patient. I make really? coffee nervous. I'm like, I'm so amped all the time, but not like rowdy amp, but just like, go, 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 go. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to be is a little bit more patient, not only with other people, but I'm trying to be a little bit more patient with myself instead of beating myself up when I mess up to say, well, like that's just Tuesday. And I, I say, how could I do a little bit less of that? Uh, and I try to angle that direction. So I think if we could just be a little kinder to each other, uh, but then kinder to ourselves, maybe not um, beating yourself up when you mess up, but just being... So what about people that other Christians don't want us to love? Well, you know, I think there's a whole bunch of people that uh, could be kind of uncomfortable to be around. And what I'm doing is I'm actually trying to spend my time being around them. I'm not going to tell you my speaking schedule, but I've been scheduling things recently uh, with uh, people that are actually not my jam. Yeah. And that's actually been really good. I thought there was this one uh, seminary. It was their idea, not mine. They invited me. I'm like, oh, swore. I thought it was going to be an intervention. They'd be like, Bob, (laughs) stop it. <laughs> it was pretty buttoned down. I actually was going to walk in. I'd sort of like and just say like I'm a Pisces, right, right, <laughs> just, just to blow totally their minds. Right, the right, the right. moon is in the seventh house. Um, <laughs> but um, but I was talking to him about how people will size you up by the mm. way that you love them. They're they're going to bait you to see would you love them even if you said something that they found offensive or absurd. Yeah. Um, if they're uh, theology is uh, very orthodox. It, it couldn't be more orthodox than mine because mm. mine is to love everybody always. Like mm-hmm. that's the idea. I'm just going to start with the people who create. You just me out. say that to yourself. Love everybody always. Everybody always. Yeah. That's the title of the book, right? Yeah. Everybody if you always, can find yeah. like somebody who doesn't fit in that, you don't need to love them. <laughs> right, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to work on. Like just say. Just chill out a little bit. And and it comes from this idea of uh, that Jesus doesn't need a bunch of lawyers. He bunch of, needs like kind people. And, and um, I think it was like borne out uh, over and over again in the scriptures where Jesus was immensely patient with 12 guys. Like one of his own Sunday school class uh, kids goes rogue on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other ones don't even know who he is. And he spent three years with them. And he didn't call them a bunch of losers. He called them a bunch of leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't get the <laughs> nets on the right side of the boat. Yeah. But they said, I'm going to let you people represent me and tell people about my character. And so that would be... Uh, a God who's tremendously patient with people. He calls Peter a rock when he was a wuss. Right. He, he, and then Peter became rock. Yeah. You know, so I, I just wanted to do that. And I'm not talking about blowing sunshine at people mm-hmm. and just saying a bunch of fake stuff. Right. Uh, but just to call out who you see them turning into. Yeah. Instead of who they were, because that one's easy. Yeah. Like, say, who are you becoming? Yeah. So I try to do that. There's even some people that have been tremendously difficult for me to Mm -hmm. deal with because they're very angsty and uh, sometimes one or two come to mind that are just really vulgar and off-putting. And uh, there was one guy who, uh, he was, like kind of fit that category. And I rolled my eyes every time he would say Mm -hmm. something. I'm like, dude, like, really? And... uh, and he ended up all over CNN. I, I knew a guy who knew his telephone number. Yeah. So I called him up. Did I you? I said, hey, it's Bob Goff here. And I, I just wanted to <laughs> let you know that I'd heard what happened. And I just felt really bad. He's like, Bob who? I'm like, I know. I, I get that all the time. 
And, and I said, I just wanted you to know it felt like really bad. And I, in this unexpected moment of vulnerability, said, you know what you don't realize? Uh, I've gotten six death threats this week. Uh, my mother-in-law lives with us, my family, and I've got to move. And I said, can I help you move? Yeah. And so I flew across the country. No way. I got to his house. I picked up, get this, Annie, I pick up a box of dishes. I'm ready to take him to the moving truck. The bottom falls out. <gasps> I break every single dish. Oh my gosh. I've only known this guy for a minute. Right. And there's this awkward moment. I'm standing with an empty box and he yeah. looks at me and he says, rookie move. <laughs> I'm like, I love this guy. Oh my gosh. And so there's something about like me just getting over. I, I don't know if he's got his stuff to work out, but I was there to work out my stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I've been trying to fix it. Actually, sometimes people in our faith communities are a little bit hard to deal with it. You know what I've been doing? I've just been mailing them cake pops. <laughs> yes, you have. I keep seeing people it's getting a, them. It's yeah, so it's funny. Like, it's been super good. Just yeah. like for a buck 29, a couple stamps, just to engage people and yeah. not because they're wrong-minded, but just to think well of each other, to yeah. speak well of each other at the gates. I think we ought to be talking behind each other's backs constantly. Just talk about the right stuff. Yeah. To say, have you seen who that person's turning into? Mm -hmm. Have you seen how they're grown? To speak well of them instead of all the rest of the stuff. Yeah. I was reading a devotional in Lent, and one of the things it talked about one of the whole days was about how Jesus was never self-protective emotionally. He like he knew Judas was going to turn on him. He knew what Peter was going to do, and he never protected himself from a relationship. He went all in with the guys knowing that their love was temporary. Yeah, can you imagine you get one last meal on earth and you share it with a guy who's going to betray you? Right. And so— that gives me a little bit of hope that perhaps I could be a little bit more immensely patient right. with people, knowing that uh, some people that think differently about things, mm -hmm. I don't, you pick the issue, whatever the big social issue of the day is, I, I'm not trying to figure out whether I'm ahead of them or behind them on the trail. I just right. recognize we're both on this trail, and I'm constantly reminded that we're meeting people at the starting line, not the finish line. And so when you meet people and they're thinking different things than you, I don't know who's ahead or who's behind it, and I don't care because right. I'm not a ref. Right. I'm just saying like, you know, for what I'm doing yeah. is this. So you'll see like me tweet stuff. Like yeah. I'll send out a tweet in the morning. What I'll be doing, I haven't had a quiet time in 20 years. Mine yeah. are super loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll take everything I've like uh, read and I'll say, what's the easiest way to say that with the fewest words and no Bible verse? Mm. Like that's why love does, doesn't yeah. have anything. And yeah. Bible verses, everybody yeah. always does it. You want a Bible verse? Read the Bible. It's right. full of them. Right. So... <laughs> So I'll just say, what's the simplest way to say that? Because I'm not trying to get John Piper to become a Christian. Thank you. I want the guy at the tire store. Yeah. I want the guy. Yeah. Somebody asked me if I was watering down my faith. And I said, man, I hope so. Yeah. Because I just want to make it for people who are thirsty. Right. And instead of like uh, waterboarding everybody, like that's what they were doing in Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, that's you're right. thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> yes, yeah. you are. Like instead, just say things that are true yeah. and know why you're saying what you're saying. But you don't need to start doing page and verse. Right. I, I'm not going to get a tweed jacket and elbow patches and start mm -hmm. teaching people. Mm -hmm. What I want to do is learn through, uh, like, you know, the times that didn't work, the stories of the times. That's Matthew 13. Jesus never talked to anybody without telling him a story. Can yeah. you imagine just having one of those awkward dinners where all the guys are on the same side of the table and you ask Jesus to pass the salt? And he's like, you know, the thing about salt, be like, no, <laughs> Peter, help eat. a brother out. <laughs> yeah, Tom right. is like, I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> So, but that idea of just uh, to just say true things mm -hmm. in a, almost like a modern version, the corollary of that movie, Liar, Liar, just yeah. say like truth, truth. Yeah. 
And if you don't know whether it's true or not, shut up. Yeah. Like, just don't say anything. Yes. Just but but go run back and figure out what what it is. And people have asked me uh, what are vexing questions about some things I don't know about. And I go like, I don't know, man. Uh, but I know this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could uh, check some stuff out. But yeah. I'm not feeling like I'm trying to be Jesus' lawyer because most people who are aren't very good at it. Right. Um, they aren't the ones who make people want to run toward this. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not so, always the one who makes people want to run toward this. So I'm not doing another thing, but I'm like, I do that too. I get it. Maybe, yeah. maybe just immense patience with myself and that hopefully will be tra- translated into immense patience with other people. I know sweet Maria Goff is just tremendously patient with mm-hmm. me. Um, we had just this beautiful uh, couple days here in Nashville. And one of the things uh, that I got out was this map of all these strings of all the places that I'd been, and it was so beautiful to just uh, uh, decide that I'm not going to uh, do that on weekends anymore. Yeah. And so uh, there are quite a few things that are, uh, uh, you know, already planned out, and I don't want to like renege on something, but we're just not doing any more of those. Uh, we schedule things nine months in a day mm-hmm. in the future. That's it. And the reason we do it is because I want to be a grandpa someday. Yeah, like, yeah That's yeah. my big ambition. Yeah. Like, I'm one sonogram away. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen right, it, but I'm right. like, come on. <laughs> uh, and so, like, the whole idea of if you know what it is that you want, then that will inform what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So think of Annie plus 10. Mm-hmm. So Bob, I'm 59. Think of Bob plus him, 69-year-old Bob. I hope I have a bunch of nine-year-olds yeah. <laughs> around yeah, yeah, me, yeah. grandkids. So if you figure out who you're becoming and then let that inform who you are right now. But don't forget the eight-year-old version, kind of where right. we started in the conversation, that playful there's a young kid in here in the booth before yeah, we yeah. started. I'd go like, take a little eight-year-old Annie, take you, mm-hmm. and then take you 10 years from now. Now we got a game. Yeah. The three of those sisters, they could make yeah. any decision really Man, you well. know, I've really gotten to know that young version of me thanks to OnSite. Beautiful, right? yeah. When that, I mean, didn't did that tap in for you when you were there? I actually went under protest. That's right. Yeah, remember? I remember. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was just because a couple of friends they had yeah. they were like, dude, you've got issues. Yeah, <laughs> your issues have issues. Right. Um, and so I went. I'm like, let the healing begin. And it was really a, a beautiful, difficult uh, time there because that whole idea of uh, role playing. That's mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. do they call it therapeutic? Experiential, uh, experiential, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, they do that. Well, so you would be like my estranged sister, yeah, and then yep, this yep. one's my dad, my mom, and all that. And uh, well, because I have white hair and whiskers, everybody made me God. Oh, right. And they just cussed at me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And you know what? If if uh, as many things had happened to me as happened to them, I'd have a couple That's words right. too. That's right. And so by the fourth or fifth day, man, I mm-hmm. was just done being God. And sweet Maria wrote me a letter. It was one of those dear. Bob letters yeah. from camp. She said, honey, thanks for taking one for the team. And the second page of the letter was a map. Mm-hmm. It was this treasure map. And she buried something two years before when she went. And so I spent all the rest of my time at onsite bearing stuff for my friends. Yeah. I did. So I like, did not know that part. I know that I remembered you had told me in the airport that when we talked that day that... Um, about the treasure hunt, about her sending you on the treasure hunt. Yeah, and so even for the so your fun. friends that are listening, uh, just geocache a little grace for your friends. Mm. Uh, take a husband that you haven't even met yet, a wife, uh, you know, some people that you care about deeply, and just bury something. You got all these hickory trees around yeah. here. Just say yeah. it's you know it's over by the hickory tree. Yeah. 
And there's something beautiful about that. I'll tell you what's stapled to my well, a yeah. bunch of latitude and longitude. Because yeah. Sweet Maria goes places, I go places. We're yeah. starting schools in a bunch of different countries. And and so we'll just geocache stuff while I'm there. So just, what made it? What made you decide the weekends weren't working for you anymore? Because I'm noticing that. I'm noticing after you do a certain amount of things, you go, okay, this particular setup doesn't work for me. So for me, like doing a Thursday in one city and a Friday in another, I'm realizing it doesn't feel healthy to me. So what made you start going like, okay, this doesn't work for us anymore, but this will work. All these things will work, but this won't. Yeah, there was a great, you know how sometimes you can catch up on your friends and your family and all that mm-hmm. by watching these Insta stories? Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw this great Insta story. It was Adam Goff and he was flying a <laughs> biplane. But here's the deal. He doesn't know how to fly a biplane. Uh-huh. <laughs> But you watched him doing it. You're like, that is my kid. He's like actually flying this biplane and it like stick and rudder. It's awesome. And and so I just don't want to miss out on many rides. And so I've started going with him and he's an awesome pilot. Yeah. And I just want to like not miss those. Yeah. Uh, And so everything all great is like kind of drowning in chocolate. It's just in a wonderful way. And and because I know who I'm going to become, which is a grandpa, just a kind of stay at home grandpa with my grandkids, I, I want to be with tons and tons of people now. But I think like you and I can continue to give a quarter of a twist mm-hmm. to what we're doing. That's mm-hmm. what the the people that make the best wines do. You yeah. see them down the dusty yeah. bottles. And they, yeah, quarter twist. Yeah. And you know why? It's like the sediment from the wine sticks to the glass. Yeah. I, I met this young guy. He said, Bob, like you just make such an impact on me. And I was like puffed up with <laughs> un- undeserved pride. Uh, and he said, you know, I've given it a 360 degree turn. I'm like, you're actually right back where you started. <laughs> so I've taken you, you right where you started. You, you need to twist it back the other way a couple right. times. But I think if we could just take many of the things we've done, and the beauty about being around the sun a couple times is that you've done a couple things. Yeah. And so uh, many of those, you just need a, a quarter of a twist to f- ask how's it working for yeah. the people around yeah. you. So talk to me a little bit. An interesting spot for me. And for you is that believing you're going to be a grandpa is not promised, nor is me being a wife and hopefully a mom, right? But I want to plan for that and make space for that. So what does that look like to plan for things that you aren't promised? Oh, isn't that interesting? I think it's that idea of they almost like the definition of faith. Yeah. You know, it's like hoping for things that are unseen. Mm-hmm. Um, that you don't need to be a pest with everybody to like ask my kids. I'll talk to you about it, but I don't talk to my kids about it. I just yeah. want them to do whatever they want whenever they want. Um, but I'm just like kind of I've got this uh, great sense of living in expectation. Yeah. Just wild Is that because we're sevens? Constantly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is like sevens reunion. Because I can spin everything into like, but actually that was exactly what I wanted to happen. I mean, I can. I'm yeah. great. I'm an expector as well. And so uh, living in tremendous expectation can also lead to some disappointments because mm-hmm. you just have so many hopes and expectations. Mm-hmm. They're all like beautiful, Mm -hmm. um, but not getting ahead of Jesus and not getting uh, too far behind him, but just this kind of following close. Um, So what I I do is I'll just take a think of a a chessboard, okay? I'm just learning chess, by the way, and I'm loving it. Well, uh, it's like kind of a cross between chess and Red Rover, Red Rover, because I want you to (laughs) remove all the other person's pieces because you have no opponent. Mm. Um, so there's 16 pieces on your side. Think of those as 16 ambitions or ideas or things that you want to do. Yeah. And every day you got to move, you just get to move one piece, one square forward. Mm. So one piece a day. But Annie, you have to take off one piece per day as well. 
So moving one forward, and the goal is to get one of your ideas, one of your ambitions, like you know, across to the other side. And so you'd say I can move one piece forward. I'm I'm down with that. But it's removing one of my big ambitions from the table. I'm not saying chuck it. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, could we just take that off the board for right now? And so, and then you can move your second different idea one square forward, but you only moved a couple things one square forward. You're not going to get many to right. the other side. Right. And for some people, that's just fine. For me, I want to get one idea across where the opportunities lend themselves. Yeah. So if I can move that one piece forward and there's an opportunity mm-hmm. to advance that. Mm-hmm. I'm just such a visual person as many of us sevens mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to get the piece to the other side. And so with there's no guilt in that. There's no yeah. shame in that. I'm just uh, easy to move them forward, hard to take them off the board. Right. And to say that's a beautiful ambition that I'm actually not going to do. Yeah. Um, I want to learn how to fly a hot air balloon. Okay. Um, so I'm like, I don't know. But you know what? That one's just going to have to wait because I've got another ambition that I want to get over the road. Yeah. That would be tremendous fun unless there was a, uh, you know, electric wire nearby. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if I could move like uh, just a couple of these uh, and the, the filter I use is, is it going to work? Or is it going to last? Yeah. Because I spent my whole time trying to do things that worked. And the quarter of a twist on that is, will it last? Yeah. I got back from Canada and I wrote three emails. One to a guy that deep shipwreck dives. He's a deep water diver. Yeah. You go so deep, you don't even breathe oxygen. It's nitrux. Oh, wow. The second one I wrote to a guy who hang glides, like paraglides with those yeah, yeah. parachutes out. And the third one's a guy that flies helicopters. And I said, whoever responds uh, first and says that they'll teach me what they do, I'm in. And the helicopter guy wrote back and said, 9 a.m. tomorrow. So I'm yeah. like, I'm in. Now, I don't want to be a traffic reporter. I want to continue to learn. I want to yeah. continue to be engaged. I want to live in great expectation. Mm-hmm. So we were, he said, hover over the numbers. Yeah. And so we're over the numbers very briefly because I didn't play video games. Yeah, we yeah. started drifting to the left. So I went way to the right with a stick. Oh my gosh, we weren't even in the same zip code anymore. Really? Then I went way back to the left. The guy screamed. He's like, stop it, stop it. <laughs> and he said, Bob, I want you to grab a hold of the stick and move it a hundred times a minute, but all the diameter of a quarter. And I'm like, that'll preach. Right. So a hundred small movements. Yeah. So I think you have a big expectation. It's one of your things. If a relationship, a job, a career, whatever it is that's uh, high on your list, I would say a hundred small movements mm-hmm. and, and towards. Right. Towards. Yeah. So just a hundred. And then if I hit some kind of barrier blockade, I just start moving another chess piece yeah. uh, to say, yeah. is there an opportunity to yeah. move those forward? And so we try. We're starting a girls' school in a country that doesn't have girls' schools yet. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> we're already getting some pretty interesting mail back. Yeah. So, but like that whole idea of fail trying. Right. And if we weren't afraid that we'd fail, then we'd actually try some more stuff. We'd actually move that piece forward instead mm-hmm. of like being afraid, well, what would happen? Well, like, I don't know. Yeah. Move the dice, like, roll the dice, move the mice. Nobody gets hurt. Just move that piece one square forward. Hey, I'm interrupting Bob for just a second, as promised to tell you about one of my new favorite sponsors, Prep Dish. Prep Dish is such an easy way to save time in the kitchen, to be efficient, to eat healthy, whether it's gluten-free, dairy-free, paleo, or 
however you like to eat, they provide it for you stress-free. It's so great. And listen, for my friends who are listening, there's a two-week free trial for our listeners alone. So just go to prepdish.com slash Annie. So easy, you guys. This is like a no-brainer. It is literally two weeks for free. I'm trying it too, and I am really enjoying it. And for those of you who are moms, this is such a great solution for what goes on in your kitchen because you can prep it all and then it is ready to go as the week goes on. And then for those of us who are feeding less than four people, two people or one person, it's a great way to have healthy options in the kitchen, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I am absolutely loving it. I think it is so fun. They do all the planning for you. You don't even have to think about your meals. If you have a crazy schedule like I do, even though y'all know I'm trying to slow down and savor my life, this is such a time saver. Allison is the founder of Prep Dish and we have emailed a ton and I think the world of her. And again, she's the one who said, okay, let's do two week trial run for your people. So make sure you go to prepdish.com slash Annie for this amazing deal. So when you sign up, you'll receive an email every week with a grocery list and instructions for prepping your meals ahead of time. And after only one to three hours of prepping on the weekend, you'll have all your meals ready for the entire week. So you'll save time and have some delicious meals like uh, a smoky paprika chicken legs with a trio of roasted vegetables or this amazing turkey and zucchini lasagna. Y'all have got to try it. So again, that's prepdish.com slash Annie to get your first two weeks for free. Make sure you do that. And now let's head back to Bob. In January, we sat down, my a couple people on my team, and we made a list of all of our yeses and nos for this year. And I kind of I did the chess thing where I went, we're going to say yes to four things. Let's just try it this year. Instead of saying yes to all the things, let's say yes to four things. And what I've found is I'm still incredibly busy, but it is all really life-giving. And it's just different. It's just different than being busy with everything that everyone else also wants me to do. Yeah, sometimes that activity feels like it's purposeful, mm-hmm. uh, but it's actually just activity. And right. so what a great thing to do. But I don't want to vet the people around me because Jesus didn't have any applications right. for people to fill out to follow right. him. He didn't vet the guy in the cross next to him yep. when he said, you're in. Right. So I think a lot of times when we spend time like vetting people uh, to say uh, it gives off this feel that like there's uh, like the cool kids table and I don't want to do that. So to counter that, I've just like, I'll just continue to put my cell phone number in the back of books. Did you do it on the new one too? I did. Bob, I did. you're the bravest man I know. I can't it's believe you terrific. did it again. Yeah, yeah. It's been super fun. But that idea of like living a life of following Jesus means a life of constant interruptions. Yes. Now that would not work for some people, Yeah. but for people that... Uh, want to be interrupted a lot. I think it's actually a beautiful thing because I'm always thinking because I'm living in constant expectation. Yeah. I wonder if it'll move the needle in their life. Yeah. And a second question I wonder, I wonder if it'll move the needle in my life. Yeah, that's and right. And being available always moves the needle in my life. Yeah. But I mean, how, when Love Does came out, I mean, you were getting calls all day long. Do you still get calls all day long? Oh, I, we're not through today. I've gotten 40 already today. This is five and a half years later. It's been, it just continues wonderfully so. Yeah, and for it, sure. And, and on Wednesday night, when it's like junior high kids, like Bible study night, they'll call and hang up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know how you feel. And I'm telling you, there are other numbers. Sevens can do, like, I'm with you that sevens can go like, yeah, call me. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Like, that's fun. Yeah. And But also, I think it's a real unique gift in you that you do make, whether it's a president or an Annie, you make all of us feel like like you listen. 
Well, like you can't be, uh, and it's never happened that I'm the smartest guy in the room, including right now no. in this room. Yes, you are. But I could say I could endeavor to be the most available guy in the mm-hmm. room. And mm-hmm. so that would be my goal. Okay, was 35-year-old Bob that way? You know, surprisingly, he was. Okay. Uh, 35-year-old Bob was trying $100 million cases. Okay, right. <laughs> but so I was like busy doing some other stuff. Yeah. But 41-year-old Bob said, you know what? I'm going to start landing this plane. Instead of practicing law, I'm going to do justice. And it's just mm. a quarter of a twist. Right. And I think for whoever's listening and whatever it is they're doing, most of us are a job or two behind who we've turned into. Why 41? What happened at 41? I don't know. It wasn't like some big, I didn't, uh, you know, have a heart attack. I just decided I'm just going to actually start making stuff that will last, not all the stuff that'll work. And so I continued both. I had a law firm. My name was on the door and uh, in Seattle and San Diego. Um, uh, And then I spent all my time more and more overseas. Here was the deal. I walked into my own law firm Uh uh, in downtown Seattle after like uh, not having walked into the office for months and months, the receptionist asked me, who are you here to see? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you know, the name of that, that would be me. Right. I'm that guy. I'm the one. So I walked in and I quit. Yeah. My own law firm was beautiful. It was like uh, two and a half years ago, May, I've been like clean and sober on being a lawyer. (laughs) So we still practice law overseas, but we just try cases against uh, witch doctors and people who are bad guys. Yet, to the end of like uh, engaging people that creep you out. Uh, I'm not trying to be like the the, the guy who's right. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be Jesus. Yeah. And that would be a quarter of a twist. And yeah. so these very witch doctors that we started trying cases against, then started meeting with them and we started a witch doctor school. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's, a, there's 250 witch doctors right now sitting in chairs in witch doctor school. And we're teaching them how to read and write. Yeah. And the only books they have are the Bible. And well love does. Done. Oh, well done. <laughs> you well read done. their textbook. Yeah. But they, you know, when it came for the uh, the cover for yeah. everybody always, you know, we got rid of all the covers, the examples really? they sent me. Yeah. I went to Uganda. I got our witch doctors to use their fingerprints. Is those, that what it is? Those are not balloons. <gasps> That's amazing. I tried to explain to them. I, I'm going to talk to people where faith in Jesus is really important yeah. to them. Yeah. I'm going to talk to them about and engaging people that creep them out yeah. the most. And you guys really creep yeah. me out. <laughs> but here's the deal. I know their names. Yeah. Yeah. We There's a, a ropes course. The uh, course is probably 100 feet up in the air. I'll take these witch doctors up there in like harnesses yeah. and I'll unclip them. Yeah. I'll give them a push on the shoulder. No. They'll be like, stop pushing me. I'm like, stop scaring people. Yeah, right. This is how everybody feels around yeah, you. Yeah, that's it. And I think sometimes even in our faith communities, there's some people that uh, mean well, but they're actually terrifying people. They're pointing yeah. different kind yeah. of bony fingers at each other. Yeah. And I just want to be, I don't need to call them out. I just want to say, I think there's another way there Mm. to uh, engage them as well. Mm -hmm. They're just a different version of somebody that's kind of off-putting. They don't intend to be. They're just trying to kind of still help baby Jesus out. And he's like out of the crib, read Revelations. Right. So instead of making them feel small, what if we make them feel engaged? What if we make them feel like we're friends? Like really, really friends. Not just say you're friends and then say something mean about them, but just engage them. Something you don't talk about very much is the cost that you pay for this stuff emotionally and physically. One of the things I watch a lot, and I might get teary telling you this, I mean, your house burned down, you have medical, your eye and other medical (laughs) stuff going on. You are, I mean, like 
you're writing some checks that people don't know, <laughs> right? That, that there's this emotional and, and I would say spiritual cost to the trailblazing and pioneering you're doing um, that I don't think people know. Do you feel that? Do you, I mean, when things go sideways for you, do you say to yourself like, well, this is probably the enemy? Like, do you ever like push into that? No, I just, I honestly... Don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, one could probably draw a correlation between hanging out with many, many witch doctors and having <laughs> right. things go and wrong. Yeah. But I, just, I don't think they're I doing stuff to you. I think you're pioneering something that's causing a stir. I think they're actually, uh, I'm learning so much mm-hmm. uh, from these people who've creeped me out. But so things, uh, to your point, like things have gone a little awry. Uh, we uh, had one thing that we worked on for like it was 22 years that we spent building this lodge. Yeah. And then somebody made a big mistake, took some oily rags and they spontaneously combusted and it burn it to the ground. There's not even ashes there. Um, but we've just we've started again. Yeah. Um, and so that idea of sad but not stuck. That's right. Um, that uh, we each take a hit. But I'm not trying to over identify with these. Hits. I took uh, Richard Goff uh, rafting with me on the Nile River, and they're these class five rapids. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as class six. You're just dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we go over this like cliff with water on it. Yeah. And Richard pops off. Yeah. We get stuck in an eddy at the bottom of the cliff. We lost him for an hour. He, Bob. He, we found him. I'm trying to make up. Like, I didn't think he was with us. I'm trying to make these excuses like we could make another boy. Right. But but we find him hanging from a mangrove oh vine in these, like, alligator-infested waters. Oh well, I think what happens sometimes is when something goes terribly awry, a relationship, a loss, something burns down in your life, that we could just kind of over-identify with that and get mm. stuck in an eddy of, of just so good. reflecting on that, reflecting on that. When I think God wants us to paddle back in the fast-moving waters, mm-hmm. um, I think mm-hmm. that idea of just, you want to go find that eight-year-old version of yourself, he or she is probably hanging from a vine downstream, yeah. Yeah. and you got to get back in the river. She didn't know to get stuck. I know. She knew to keep going, yeah. Yeah, so one of, one of the things I want to do is uh, just keep paddling fast. Um, yet, I don't want the people around me uh, to be exhausted by my lifestyle. So a thing that you and I have talked about before that uh, it, it, the question is, how's it working for you? It's mm-hmm. how is your life working for the people around you? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so Sweet Marie and I check in and she's been candid enough to say, actually, you know, it'd be terrific to have you around on the weekend. So I'm like, yeah. that's all I need yeah. to hear. I'm like, that's all you had to say. yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So, and I think we can do lots of things. Yeah. But as sevens, figure out your wiring harness. Yeah. Uh, the problem happens when I'm trying to be like you mm-hmm. or you're trying to be like me instead of us trying to be like Jesus. Yeah. So say like, what's the Annie version with mm-hmm. all of your joy and spunk and sass and all that. And then the Bob version with all of my insecurity and energy and mm-hmm. availability and all that to say, why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. I don't know if you know this, but Anytime most people see me, I'll be wearing a Boston Red Sox hat. Yeah. And I've never gone to a Red Sox game. Really? I don't even like baseball. Yeah, I have always I, noticed you yeah, in my hat. Yeah. I wear the hat because my neighbor across the street, Carol, was a big Red Sox fan. Yeah. And she got cancer. She was going to be with Jesus by the end of the week. And so we made a deal. I told her, I will wear your Red Sox hat for the rest of my life and represent the Sox here on earth. And every time Jesus walks by you, you need to mention my name. <laughs> 
you know that, him. You know that verse in Matthew, I knew you not. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carol! <laughs> so if you know why you're doing what you're yeah. doing, that would be a great starting point. Am I doing this for a bunch of applause? Because mm-hmm. if you're doing it for the applause, join the circus. Yeah. But if I'm doing it for validation for some things I actually don't actually believe yet, but I think if I shout it loud enough, I might start believing it. I would like to uh, check that one out. If you're doing it because you realize you only have a small increment of time to give away before you go do something that is more important just for mm-hmm, you, which is mm-hmm. to be available to your grandkids, then I would say, well, then that would be a really good thing to do a lot of. Yeah. And don't be too hard on yourself when you make a mistake. Yeah. One of the things I'm wrestling down in my life is, do I actually trust God? Like, do I actually trust him? I say I do, but does anything I do reflect that inside? You know, like publicly people would, oh, I'm sure she does, blah, blah, blah. But like, why do I try to control everything? And so I am learning to get out of the eddy, right? And just like, what if we floated? And what if there are alligators? Yeah. One of the things that would be kind of an interesting exercise would be to take a piece of paper, draw a line in the middle, and to say, what am I absolutely certain about? And what am I just guessing about? Mm. Not, Don't give a bunch of Sunday school answers. Just say, like, what am I absolutely certain about? What am I just guessing about? When we have a lot of stress in our life, I think it's because something jumped from one column to the other. Mm. Either something you were certain about, about the love of a father, mm-hmm. and then there's your mother and father break up, and you it actually jumped the tracks. I'm just guessing about that now. Mm-hmm. That's why you carry, sure. that's where a lot of the wounds and scars, it's something that jumped, jumped columns. Yeah, Similarly, you might have something you were just guessing about, like mm-hmm. what it would be like to fill in the blank. And then you jump the tracks and you go like, I'm positive about that. Yeah. I've experienced tremendous love. I've experienced forgiveness. I've experienced, it's a big event because you just went from my yeah. guessing about it. The problem happens when people are talking like they're certain about everything right. uh, because I uh, am not like a lot of Thomas, but I'm not there where I'm certain about everything. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to just figure out whether it's I'm a guessing about it. And I think God delights when we get real about that. Yeah. Say, man, I want to be certain about that. Yeah. I'm, but I'm I just, want that to jump the tracks. Totally. But, <laughs> but living in expectation, my expectation is that someday I'm going to get there yeah. where I can move that from I'm just guessing about it to I'm mm-hmm. certain about it. Mm-hmm. And for me, sometimes it's engaging people who are on the just guessing about that. Yeah. It's just like instead of avoiding them, engage them. So what do you call it? Because I'm thinking to myself, I'm doing that tomorrow morning in my time, like my reading time. What do you call your quiet time if it's loud? Do you, yeah, that's do you call it. it it's anything? just loud. I know. It's the worst <laughs> term in the world, isn't it? It's like, it, I can't say that. I was hoping so, you had a better name And you know what it. I'll do? Uh, I don't know if yeah, we've talked it. about this before, but uh-uh. I, I'm a pretty hard guy not to get along with. But Agreed. every once in a while, somebody will say something kind of ang- angsty. They're usually like a second year seminary student. <laughs> and, and what I'll do is I'll go into their feed and I'll read like, what what is it uh, that they're thinking about yeah. and not to like validate that they're like, but just mean, to learn them. I'm sub- yeah. but just, just, I've learned all kinds of new words, like, mm. uh, like Christian words. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and then, but, but I look them up and just yeah. see what do those mean? No, they're big, long words. Yeah. And so once I've learned one thing, then I block them. It's yeah. like a going away party. Yeah. I'm like, see ya. That's what Cameron Strang just told me the other day. Bob Goff says you can block them. <laughs> yeah. There's something really beautiful. So you could be picky about like who you listen to, yeah. who you give the microphone to in yeah. your life. You could be picky about who you travel with. I would never travel with Tom Hanks anywhere. Like Apollo 13 Why? 
Well, the oh. <laughs> thing blew up. Castaway, he ended Not up on the island, right. <laughs> right? Captain Phillips, that didn't work out. Sully, he ended up in the river You're and right. the plane sunk. So figure out who you're traveling with. Yeah. Figure out who have you given the microphone to. Figure out what you're certain about, what you're just guessing about. And that would be somebody that is in the position to start demonstrating immense patience. Yeah. Okay, last question, because we've used up your time. Thank you for being here. Oh, I can't wait to, for us all to read the new book. The Love Does is such a powerful one. I can't wait for everybody always. Okay, so our last question, you're going to love this as a seven, is because the podcast is called That Sounds Fun. So the question is, what sounds fun to you? Oh, really everything except getting bit in the face by a venom-spitting koala bear. Okay. Like, <laughs> See, I, know. I don't, I don't I have know. a bucket list. You could put the three things I don't want to do. Right. Like, and in a anything bucket. else we And can I'm actually fun. on the bubble on the koala bear thing. Yeah. So, but if you find like living in anticipation, figure out what it is that, that would light you up. And then is it possible to include somebody else? Yeah. So I go to Disneyland oh, a lot. It mm-hmm. reminds me of this imaginative guy. It's like I remember that eight-year-old mm-hmm. kid again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what I'll do, what I did last Wednesday, I just invited somebody who wanted to spend some time with me. I said, you got to Uber back, but like, why don't you just drive up there with me? Yeah. And so there was a great hour and a half. I got to use yeah. the diamond lane. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so part of this idea idea of like uh like what sounds fun would be to do it together to have a mm-hmm. shared experience mm-hmm. with somebody mm-hmm. and have some conversations that matter yeah do you know this annie uh, if you i can look this up on wikipedia it must be true uh, <laughs> a handful of sand has four hundred thousand grades of sand oh i've never been bored that. enough to count, count but nor I. Yeah, a little bit more or less depending on the size yeah. of your hands but if you live about 92 years and meet 15 people a day that's what 400 thousand looks like. And so what if you set out to have 15 meaningful conversations, particularly if you're amped and you're a seven, say to slow it down and to actually have 15 conversations, not like, hi, how are you? What do you do for a living? But did you say, what brings you joy to have these kinds of Mm -hmm. conversations? Mm -hmm. I would say this would be, I don't know, just because it's been a busy day, the 20th or 30th conversation like this. But wouldn't that be great to just say, I would say maybe some of your listeners say, it's been so long since I've actually engaged with somebody. And so to just start and to say, if you know why you're doing what you're doing. I'm going to tell you one last story and then I'll be quiet. We have a mailman on our block. He's horrible. He's been, he, he delivers all the mail to the wrong places. Really? Oh, yeah. I get oh uh, people's credit card bills. They're getting audited. I have to go yeah. over them like, stinks to be you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so he finally, after 20 long years, said he was going to retire. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Right. And so we decided to make him the grand marshal of, of the our parade. parade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got a convertible. We put a thousand envelopes in the back of this car. Oh, that's we so We just funny. said, just go do what you do right? every day. Like, just throw all the yeah, envelopes yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Don't care where they go because yeah. you never do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 800 people showed up to oh let him gosh. know just how much he was loved. Yeah. I want to spend the rest of my days uh, like just letting people know how much they're loved. Yeah. Not in a cheesy, fake way, but just right. like really throw them a parade. Let them know. Look for those opportunities to say, let me tell you what I see when I see you. Yeah. And I'll tell you, as uncomfortable as it might feel, uh, what I see in you. I see a woman that really wants to make a difference. You've told me like relationships matter so much mm-hmm. to you. And you bring so much joy and laughter, this big, beautiful, gregarious spirit. And people like you will be misunderstood. Mm-hmm. People like me will be misunderstood from time to time. But I just want you to know 
and he just keep doing your thing. Thank you. you know what uh, Art did? He was so touched that all these people showed up to let him know mm-hmm. how much they love. He called me a week later. He said, Bob, I'm coming out of retirement. No. I'm like, no! <laughs> You're like, please don't. I'm like, immense patience. I'm that's like, right. buddy. Oh, that's right. Bob, thanks for being um, a good friend to so many of us. I'm really grateful. Oh, thank you for making the time. For and for sure. all the people listening, like just continue to listen to voices. Uh, yours is one, Annie, that we trust. And so let people continue to hear your voice. Yeah. Be, be confident, be courageous, um, and then continue to have patience with yourself and the people around Oh, don't you just love him to pieces? He's just the very best. I hope you will go out and grab his new book, Everybody Always. I have read it and just think the world of him, the book, and it pushed me hard. And so I bet it will you too. So make sure you grab a copy of Everybody Always by Bob Goff. And make sure you tell him thanks for being on the show and how much you love him too. It just, for someone like that who pours out as much as he does, it really matters when people say hi and say something back. So make sure you give him a follow if you don't already and tell him thanks for being on the show. Hey, if you have any questions, if there's anything I can do for you, anything I can answer for you, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. It's Annie F. Downs across the internet. That's F as in friend, because Bob is our friend. So Annie F. Downs, anywhere and everywhere that you need me, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And if you get a chance, I can rate and review the show. It would mean the world. So I would love for you to get a chance to do that. Go on iTunes or wherever you're listening, Spotify. Thanks so much to the people at Spotify who keep featuring our show. I really, really appreciate it. Or wherever you are listening. So make sure you rate and review the show. If this is your first time here, welcome. We're so glad you're here. I hope you'll stick around next week. Everybody is a really interesting show. I'm excited for you guys to hear. A few weeks ago, we had my good friend, comedian John Christ on the show, and we talked about a place called Onsite. And then we had a lot of feedback of people who wanted to understand Onsite more and know what it was about. And so I had my buddy, Miles Adcox, who is the CEO and founder of Onsite, come on the show. And that is next week's episode. So make sure you subscribed so you don't miss it. And make sure you go out and do something that sounds fun to you today. Okay. That is a big deal to me. So go out and have some fun. I hope you have a great day and we'll see you next week. Thank you.